I'm Mike Maniscalco of your Carolina Hurricanes. And if there are two guys that I know should be high draft picks on anybody's board, it's these two, your hosts of the Live, Work, Play podcast, Wayne Holt and Adam Eshbaugh. Now give me $5 for saying that, Adam. Joining us this week is Ted Boyd. He's the Director of Economic Development for the town of Cary. And we're going to get into what all that means. But Ted, thanks for making time in your day to, to come join us. We really appreciate it. And we're looking forward to all the questions we have for you. But to get started, why don't you just kind of give us a little bit of your, your background? Absolutely. So I'm originally from Conway, South Carolina. Uh, right outside of Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I was going to um, say that's Myrtle Beach area. Right? I think yep. I've had a ticket in Conway. And it was Dylan. <laughs> Dylan's where I got most, the ticket. Yep. That's usually most folks. They're yep. like, oh, yeah, I got a ticket in Conway <laughs> or on the way to the beach through one of those. So, um, and uh, before I, I came to Cary, I was in um, Charlotte. So I traveled around. I was sort of a wandering vagabond after college. I graduated from the Citadel, um, English major. Huh. And um, I, didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. And now the Citadel, isn't that a military? So it's a military college. Okay. So military is an adjective describing college. So just meant we wore uniforms and had military discipline, but we did not have a require. We paid to get yelled at as opposed to okay. uh, if you're in an academy. You didn't you, have a, a government appointment. Yeah. Correct. No. Gotcha. Okay. So about 35% or so of the graduating class goes into the military. I did not choose to do that. Um, what made you do, let's just time out. What made you decide to, to go there and, but not go the military route? Sure. So my father was a graduate of the Citadel as well. So that's how I was familiar with it. Um, but he did not push that on me at all. He knew that if I was going to go there, that was really kind of a decision I was going to need to make myself. Um, and when it came time to look at colleges, it was just, there was something appealing about it. It was something that seemed like a challenge and, uh, wasn't going to be a typical experience for college. And it, I don't know, I, 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 deep down, I know I need the rules and the discipline kind of set up for me. I'm not necessarily a, a, a lot of times people think, oh, you must be a neat freak and you do all this. No, I'm just a good rule follower. Um, but I also like to break the rules too. So it's a, that, that unique kind of combination of tell me how I need to make my bed and I'll do it. Um, uh, tell me I need to be studying at this time and I'll do it. Um, and, you know, then I played that game for four years and then kind of moved on. <laughs> got it. Got it. So after after college, moved around a little bit yep. and, and wound up in Charlotte. Uh, yeah. That, uh, yeah. A lot of different cities, Colorado, Chicago, oh, Chattanooga. Wow. Um, all over the place. All seas. Where were you in, where were you in uh, Colorado? Uh, Colorado Springs. Oh, yeah. Yep. Wow. Wonderful spot. Love that spot. Just what were you doing? <laughs> I mean, those are all like, that's a diverse range of of places so i mean my story is a really weird path of how i ever got to where i was but at that particular time i was in um i worked in in summer camps um that was a piece that i love being in the mountains whether it was the north carolina mountains or the colorado mountains and always felt that that was a great opportunity to to grow and to have influence over young minds so so how long were you in charlotte uh, Charlotte was there for, um, eight years. So tell us a little bit about, uh, cause I've heard rumors of things you accomplished while you were in Charlotte. So, uh, sure. what's your, what was your 
most exciting project or accomplishment while you were there? Um, well, I, I think a little bit is to Charlotte was the, the place where I discovered what I enjoy doing for a living. And so I went to Charlotte because I was trying to finish a master's in divinity and I completely flunked out of that, which is a whole nother story. Where was, where was that? Uh, Reformed Theological Seminary. Okay. Sounds like um, I flunked out of it too. <laughs> so uh, long story short, Charlotte at the beginning when I moved there represented the opportunity, like failure. It was the first time in my life where I had really experienced a ton of failure. It felt like a country music song. You know, I, I got kicked out of, not kicked out of school, but I flunked out of school. The girlfriend, you know, uh, dumped me, you know, all of the dog left me, you know, kind of all of those <laughs> sorts of things. But it was that one moment of sort of resetting and rethinking a lot of, of, of pieces. And when I really looked at it, one of the things that hit me, I was at the ice skating rink, you know, the temporary type that they set up right in the middle of uptown. And I thought, you know what would be really cool. I would love to figure out how you do these kinds of things and to do them in Charlotte. And so that led me on a path to figure out what was the organization that was responsible for that. Was that the city? Was it, but not. And so that, that kind of guided me on a path to ultimately working with Charlotte center city partners. And that is where I discovered kind of, all the things I'm sort of doing today. But. So is that a governmental agency or was that an independent agency? So Charlotte Center City Partners is a nonprofit organization. Um, it uh, works in close partnership with uh, the city of Charlotte. Uh, there are, uh, they call it municipal service districts or bid districts. Uh, we have one here in Cary, but it, it set up special tax districts to that, that organization managed, uh, they mostly focused on uptown and then South end was an, another one within that. When I first started with the organization, I was a guy that managed, um, they call it in the mall, the Tryon mall, basically Tryon street trade and Tryon, yeah. sort of the core, uh, the hot dog vendors, the flower vendors, the farmer's market that set up, um, uh, if there was a protest or a petition for that, I was organizing those pieces in coordination with the city. And then I also worked on um, events like the barbecue festival that, that we would do, yeah, the it. July 4th fireworks. You know, those were things that were contracted sometimes through our organization and was able to work on those. You probably set up the cornhole festival. The first time I ever saw cornhole played was I, uh, at the cornhole in the street when the uh, barbecue festival was going on. Yep. It was in the fall. It was a preseason uh, NFL game between the Panthers and the Chicago Bears. And a friend of mine who's a big Bears fan, I went up there. And I forget what hotel we were staying on and what street it was overlooking. But we were sitting up in the room. And I look out like, man, what are these dudes playing? And uh, we went down and we, we followed the game of cornhole the rest of the afternoon. Drank a lot of beer and went down. And uh, that's when I met Myron Mixon. The, oh, yeah. yeah. Myron, uh, he, he brought me up on his trailer. The judgment was already done. I was talking to him. He brought me up on his trailer and reached inside that hog and pulled out the piece. And he said, I bet you never had anything taste like that. <laughs> like, Myron, you're right. So, um, so that's cool. Um, why carry? I mean, you're in, you're in Charlotte, the largest city in the state of North Carolina at that time, mm -hmm. no longer. Um, why, why carry? So uh, Charlotte center city partners is a small nonprofit organization. Um, maybe 20 or so at the time. Uh, I had been able to move to, I was over the South end neighborhood. That area was a lot kind of, of brews down there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. A whole lot. And, um, 
and so I had just reached a point where they were very happy if I wanted to stay on and continue, but they also knew if I wanted to grow, they were trying to help facilitate that. So it was really just a matter of, of looking for growth opportunities. Uh, my wife uh, grew up in Cary. Um, okay. She moved here when she was five from Pennsylvania. And um, so Cary was familiar, but she had uh, gone to graduate at App State and then went straight from App State to Charlotte. So she had, had not been back to Cary really and, and enjoyed that. And so I had seen that there was this opening for a downtown development manager in Cary. And I was like, hey, Julie, uh, what do you think of Cary? And um, so it was some interesting conversation, but ultimately still having um, – and her parents are here, in-laws are here, and we were just starting a family. So we just had a, a daughter who was about to turn one. And so it, it all started, we were starting to become the typical demographic of Carrie at that <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. So around what time was this? Uh, this was 2013. So uh, the okay. fall of 13. All right. So you've been back nine-ish years, mm -hmm. almost nine years then. Um, have you had the same title the whole time? No. So <laughs> Don't they always change? Yeah. It, um, uh, for some reason, they believe I'm doing a good job. And so they said, keep doing what you're doing in downtown. Just do it for all of Cary. And so it just. So it was downtown development. Correct. And now you're. Uh, director, of, director of economic, of economic development. development. Right. But was there someone else that was in that position and left and you just kind of took over the whole thing after that? Yeah. So if, if you look at sort of Cary's history with this, there's always been a trying to get a focus on downtown. A lot of it was happening just from plans. Do we have the right plans in place, the right vision in place? Which is, I agree 100% you need to have that. Sure. But you have to implement it. You do. And so uh, they had made a decision to hire the first downtown development manager, which was Ed Goff, who they had hired and was uh, much more seasoned, you know, had a seasoned career at many different places um, and then had, had come here. And so he, I think, was maybe two and a half, three years. And so it was just an opportunity to kind of pick up where he had it started getting the ball rolling. So when you got here nine years ago, and I'm trying to think nine years ago, 2013, I had left Cary. I'd been in Cary for 14 years and went back to Holly Springs where I grew up for a few years before I came back here. Um, man, what was downtown like? Let's see. They rolled the streets up at six o'clock. <laughs> Five o'clock. Closed. Yeah. Uh, and that was it. Yeah. Right. It was so yeah, the the Cary Theater had not opened yet. It right. wouldn't open until later in 2014. Um, there was no pharmacy bottle shop. There was just an empty Mitchell old was Mitchell Cross Crosstown building. wasn't even Crosstown at that point. It either. wasn't there. It was another restaurant yeah. at the time in between. And so uh it was really sort of at the cusp. We had finished a little bit of the streetscape in front of the theater. We're finishing that up the sidewalk there. Um no new academy street um street sidewalks at that point right. no downtown park it was just a a grassy patch with a a concrete pad to be able to roll the stage in and out when we wanted to do things so it it was i remember in the early stages i was uh, in, in charlotte it was very common for me to say hey let's meet at five o'clock let's meet at 4 30 <laughs> grab a drink and have you know finish out the day have a conversation and so i remember trying to do that uh, at academy street bistro and at that time, you know, they didn't even open until 530 and it, right. you know, it would open at lunch and close. And it was just no fault to them. It was just the nature of the dynamic of, of people coming downtown and staying open. I was like, well, this has got to change. There's got to be some stuff that opens. So what what was your role in in the changes? What has your role been since you 
got here and how Carrie's obviously grown and really poured a lot of resources into downtown to make it what it sure. is and what it's going to be. Um, so I, I'm going to say this and I, I want to clarify it because it, it will sound like perhaps I am uh, acknowledging or just paying homage to a council because I work for the, the, the town or whatever. And it's far from that. Uh, the main reason why I wanted to move here was because I saw that the council was completely behind the idea of seeing downtown revitalized. It is a difficult job. Um, and if you're trying to sell people on the vision, especially the folks uh, that are guiding, it's just, it's not going to be fun. You're going to beat your brains out. And so that was huge. So I knew when I was coming in that I had a lot of freedom to begin just implementing ideas. And the, to me, the, the big part is I'm looking for what I'd call base hits. What are the things that you can do really quickly? Um, because development takes a long time, especially if you're talking about a, a big building, big vision from a rezoning or any of those, it, it takes a long time. What were some of the quick things that you could begin to do? Um, so an example being food trucks. We didn't have a food truck rodeo or anything like that here. They were common in other places. We weren't trying to reinvent, you know, or say, look at us. We're, you know, we invented food. It wasn't that. It was, could we do a food truck rodeo? Um, change some ordinances about where you could have alcohol and drink alcohol. So, oh, I'm glad you jumped on it. We're going to get to that. <laughs> but when we, when, when we had, um, um, uh, when, when you would have an event closed down the street, you could only have alcohol in a very defined area. You wouldn't be able right. to walk the street with that. Um, when, um, pharmacy came in, that was a, a, a lease that we did on that space to have a bottle shop, this concept of no food. And I mean, you're super familiar. I don't have to tell you about it, but, um, it was not a new concept in the world. It was a new concept to carry and right. it was testing those things, but just having picnic tables on the sidewalk with a window that opened to it and people hanging out, uh, you couldn't have your beer on the sidewalk. So the, some of those simple ordinances that were, we're trying to be able to change to kind of move towards that. And then I think, um, bond brothers was a huge, I mean, sort of the vision of George and Jordan to kind of reposition a building that had a very successful tenant in it to explore this concept of a brewery and, and trying to select the right, brewing team and, and really kind of what that could do. Those were just kind of some of the early things. And you had some of the big projects like the first phase of the downtown park, the Academy streetscape, all of these things were starting to happen. The maintenance. Maintenance. Oh yeah. That was very in the, in the middle of, of things when I came in. So I like how you refer to those as base hits. I'm, I'm Wayne and I are both baseball guys. Oh, good. That makes a lot of sense. Sure. Right. And, and, and something about the sport, um, of baseball makes we used to call that station to station baseball right it's slow like, and deliberate right like thinking okay, man's game let's sure well yeah. like like you say like gary v says jab 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 punch right yeah. or jab jab hook or whatever it is jab, jab, it, jab, but jab, it's the same hook. thing it's the same thing let's let's get some early successes on a smaller scale while we're building these larger products right right our, our cleanup hitter comes to bat and right. that's what we focus on so what were some of those um while you were having these these i don't want to say small time successes, but, but smaller scale base hits, as you call them, what were some of the larger things that you guys were really starting to, to focus on Yeah, for long-term? So I, I think when you, when you look at the downtown park where, what it is today, you know, that was 20 plus years in the making. So 
the land assemblage for that started a long time ago. Uh, I think I was responsible for getting the last, like I only had to buy the last piece of that, which often <laughs> is the hardest piece to get. Yep. But, um, but when you begin thinking, when I say the park, I think of that entire block. So sure. where's the library going to go from the old library site? Should it be in there? How's it oriented? Is it going to have uh, a structured parking deck when we're not sure if we're going to have development yet, because that's not quite there yet. Are we going to have a surface parking lot and then come back later? And, and then, um, building on the success of sort of the first phase of the park. I mean, how do you understand what a remarkable vision of what that, that full park could look like, even just that planning process. And so, uh, you know, that's one that I, I would say, I mean, I mentioned it in probably 30 seconds, that 30 seconds is probably nine years of at least my, you know, working on it with so many others to kind of see things come to fruition. And it's still a work in progress too, because oh, I know yeah. there's a, uh, there's a large, not large, but there's a significant retail portion uh, of that park with the, the spaces that have to be filled. I mean, you've got a bark park, you've got, yep. Uh, the space under the walker that's going to have to be filled. And, and uh, I reached out to one of the leasing agents because I've got a commercial estate client that's interested in a space. And you know, I didn't realize how much input the town was going to have in what gets, what comes there. Sure. Right. But, but I guess it's because the town has spent so much money and the vision's been there and it's, it's a partnership. Right. Of, of what do they want to see the right tenants in there? Right. And I think the idea is when I say right tenants, I'm talking about making sure that we have things on the street level that are going to activate the space that are going to bring Absolutely. to that within that. Yeah. And, and I want to clarify that because I don't write sometimes can be like you're not picking winners and losers. No, right. It's the right. animation of space, not just a office building on a ground floor that you know, kind of closes at five o'clock and the lights go off and doesn't do anything afterwards. That could easily be on a second floor, you know. Absolutely. Kind of yeah. And I read uh, recently in the new budget that just got passed that there's eight full-time staff for that park alone. Yeah. Which is exciting. Yep. Right. It's exciting that uh, they're planning ahead now for the opening next year to get those people, to get them on board. Uh, and I'm sure those people will be anything from, uh, programming right because i understand there's gonna be a ton of programming there right right which if you've got an asset that uh, you spend that much money on you don't want it just to sit idle you right. want to program it um but yeah it, it that's really exciting and i think there's so much of downtown that uh, has come to life meaning uh the rogers building oh yeah uh, some of these other things because the park is coming and the timing of some of these projects is going to run simultaneously with the opening of the park right uh the walker as well uh you know the high-end apartments that are in downtown Cary. that a, a lot of folks look at what's happening down here and they just say i can't believe people will spend that much money for a house or i can't believe people will spend that much money for an apartment but i think it goes to a couple of things the long-term vision and you mentioned the council and mm -hmm. we've interviewed uh mayor weinbrecht and Lori bush on this podcast and they both just get just just googly eyed over what's happening down here mm -hmm. because they both have been a part of that for a long time. Um, but but I, the council does support that project. Oh, yeah. And uh, I know George and Jordan with the the Rogers building um, are, are really excited about that 
because they got office space there. They got retail space. So um, what would you consider your biggest accomplishment in downtown? So the, the one that I, uh, and I'll do it as a block. The one that I think personally, while I even labeled it a little bit as a base hit, I think is a home run. And it, it is the segment of Chatham street from pharmacy to crosstown. Um, and the reason why is because if, if you're looking at it today, it it's familiar. It's, Oh, that's always been there kind of a thing because, you know, we, we have a tendency to believe that history started when we showed up, you know, and, <laughs> and so a lot of people have shown up in downtown Cary and that's just always been there. Yeah. Very few people have the memory of what was there or even what Johnson Jewelers was before they made their facade improvements to improve before uh, fresh ice cream was a, a barbershop, you know, and so seeing that to me, the reason why that was so important. And I will always look at that as one of the most important accomplishments and successes is because it really tests and, and has held up over the years of having people attracted people, hanging out people coming to, and it's a great reflection of great business owners who understand customers who understand that balance who there are challenges and all those things for, with within that brew you know how they have to play with being a coffee shop that still has to have popcorn for a, a movie theater and stay open you know so all of that i think to me is always going to be because if people wouldn't have reacted to that then i don't know that anything else would have really happened um in the way it has so for somebody who doesn't know the ins and outs me of, of your daily job, what was like, how instrumental were you in making that happen? Obviously you're very proud of it, but what were you doing to get those businesses to, to come here? Um, there's a little bit of, uh, everything's a little bit different within that. Sure. So, um, particularly, so let's take pharmacy, for instance, that was a pro that's a property that, that the town owns. Right. And that's one of the few things where we've had assets that we've been able to, position to kind of seed certain things that we wanted within that. So we went through RFP process, was able to find Tyler at the time. Um, I, I'm not, I mean, I know some craft beer. I haven't known it as much. I'm, I know I'm talking to some, you know, uh, the, the fathers here, you know, know, in man. front that, of me that, on that a little bit. That, that but, KBS thing you did a few years ago uh, was a pretty impressive collection. So, but, um, but what impressed me the most was not that you could talk beer, but you could tell me how many beers you needed to sell in order to keep the lights on. And so that, that was an example. And then knowing that you could kind of work to figure out what the vision for that space needed to be, um, fresh, you know, that was a great space where meeting with them years before that space ever was available and seeing, you know, we'd love to be in this area. Is there something that we can do thinking about that? I had no idea when that space would come available and they, they were the ones that kind of got that. And then, you know, Crosstown being one that, you know, they saw the vision, you know, had a great sense, wanted to be there and make that happen, you know, and then sometimes you come in, a lot of people don't know that in that little section, Johnson Jewelers, Fresh, Crosstown, there used to be one, parking space one on-street parking space there and um i said let's fill it in like yeah i know some people know that parking space and they love being able to pull right there but it would be much better to have that little bit more room for all the people to hang out and that makes a huge difference in that so it's a little bit of no that's great hand in a lot of stuff but 
you know, there's a, I don't ever want to take credit. I don't run any of those businesses and they're the ones that are making them successful. Sure. We're trying to make the environment right and connect dots and, and, you know, cater those things that no, that's, kind of fulfills the it's vision. It's great. It's great. You're, you're involved in every bit of it though. Right. So it, I just want to, he, he's bringing up probably my earliest memory of downtown Cary when when you and i uh when the theater had just opened yeah our we actually friend, got to our, get on stage we were we were on a panel for uh for a craft beer documentary about north carolina uh craft breweries and their impact on the economy and all that by our friend camden watts wrestler and we went to cross <laughs> or we i'm sorry we went, went to, to cross, pharmacy afterwards we went to crosstown before before and eight so yep. crosstown was pretty new yep. yep um the theater pretty much just opened pharmacy had recently opened bond wit was there doing well, they a, weren't open yeah wit was doing a tasting for bond who was going to open later that yeah. year so it's it's been cool for for me to to see you say history starts history my history in this of, of carry starts like right about that time right right so this was 2014 15 something like that yeah well, that and, that i mean that screening that you mentioned so that was one where i went to the theater staff and said, we've got to figure out how to screen this at the Cary Theater. Yeah. And we need to figure out that. And I remember you guys being on stage because I was like, they're about to talk. And I ran back. I don't know if you remember, but I ran back. I was like, I need, I need the beers. <laughs> I need three beers. Full circle. And so I was like, you can't have guys up there talking about without beers in their hands. <laughs> no, it was so, perfect. It was yeah. perfect. Yeah. But but so much has happened since then. It's 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 really cool to to look back. And that was early on in your in your tenure here with, right. with the town and how much has come about since then. So you mentioned the one parking space. And one of the things that we continuously hear down here is lack of parking. Oh, yeah. And I live down here. I live two, two blocks from uh, from Bomb Brothers, and our office is right across the street from Bomb Brothers. So a couple of blocks from here. So for me, it's not a big deal. You know, I'll walk uh, often, mm -hmm. and I, I like to get out and walk about four miles a day, probably four or five days a week. So walking for me is not a big deal. But a lot of folks, it is. Yeah. They're accustomed to Old Carry, where they could roll right up, park in front of the store or close by and walk right in. Um, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, I walked up the street at about 7 o'clock. And there were cars parked down both sides of the street all the way down to Urban, um, they were parked on Cedar street, but I made it a point to notice when I got up to look around behind the Methodist church at mm -hmm. that lot that they have at the corner of, um, Walker and Waldo. Uh-huh. And there were six cars in the parking lot. Yeah. And then I made it a point to look across the railroad tracks at the town lot, um, across from the fire pizza and, and, and those, those businesses. And there were, you know, maybe 10 parking spaces so it's not that we don't have parking it's that you have to walk a little bit sure but let's talk about the the next level of parking down here right i know there's been some conversations about a deck in downtown mm -hmm. uh, we've got the deck by the library we've mm -hmm. got the municipal deck over uh closer to chapel hill road mm -hmm. Obviously, George and George Jordan and Jordan Gustin Hoven are developing uh, some apartments that's going to have a deck for their apartments do you think we're going to see a deck in downtown or closer to downtown than the one at the library or the municipal? The deck that you were even just mentioning, the the one on um, be the Harrison 
Chatham Academy. So that deck, while it is serving uh, some of the apartments, it will have uh, about 225 public parking spaces in that, which will be accessed right <gasps> off of Academy Street. So that will will help um, within that. And and I think you know you make a great point. We've we've just actually completed a full sort of parking analysis of downtown, a big study. Again, going back to the need a plan and then you have to implement the plan. Right. Um, and a lot of it is, uh, it is not intuitive where you can park and where you cannot park. And so that there's a lot of things that can help us, uh, clear signage and good signage. I was say maybe more ways, is, wayfinder is helps, signage. Yeah. Right. And then, um, there is, uh, actual product and building the product. And so there are other things that, that, you know, we're, we're actively trying to pursue, um, uh, those sites and there's funding available to help, but it's just lining up the location and the will to kind of make all those pieces happen. So we're, we're close. I can't, you know, kind of get there yet, but it, it's one that I need a little bit more time on that but but we're trying to get it where it is centrally located so you can come in and park and then walk to as many things as as you can i think what happens and you know carry is what one hundred eighty thousand ish people right now mm -hmm. but downtown carry is mayberry yeah to a lot of people right sure. it's still the little small town where they've been accustomed to be able to as i said earlier pull up and park right up front and go in uh, but people that go to, you mentioned earlier, Colorado Springs, mm -hmm. when you go to Colorado Springs and you go to the center of town, you don't expect to park in front of the place. You expect to park and walk. Right. If you go to downtown Raleigh or uptown Charlotte, yep. you expect to park and walk. If you go to Asheville, if you go, I went to Boone two weeks ago, Blowing Rock, we parked and we walked everywhere. Yep. Uh, so I think it's somewhat education of parking to get them accustomed to knowing where the parking is and going there and then walking. Yeah. And we do have, I mean, obviously there are, there are older folks and there are handicapped folks that we need to be able to accommodate them as well. Uh, and maybe the few parking spaces we have become more of, uh, of those spaces. Right. Um, but, but it, we all got to walk. Right. Well, and it, the other part too, is in all of those places you mentioned, there were a lot of compelling things that would make you want to walk too. And so you're, when you, once you park, you want to know, Am I parking for one thing or two things or 10 or 20 things? And right. I'm going to choose my own adventure of sorts. And that's, you know, we're, we're building those elements in downtown Cary. And that's, and that's that learning curve. It is the familiar and you always want to, I think it's important to keep the nostalgic of the familiar of this, of this place um, while implementing new buildings and new opportunities. It's interesting to me, probably to zero other people that are listening, that I've had a, some version of this conversation about either here or I live in Fuqua, and I've had this kind of conversation probably best at least once the past five or six weeks with a different person or, or a group of people because they don't want to really grow too much more because then what do we do about parking? I've gotten that question so many times from, from people down there, business owners and just friends who go down there and i think that that a lot of people have gotten so accustomed to being able to drive to a place downtown and park at or near that spot and that's their one place they go to and then they're out and I'm, yeah right my argument is the beauty of a downtown is that synergy is that foot traffic right and 
and what's coming, what's already happened since we talked, you know, eight, eight, nine years ago, and what's coming is only going to increase the um, the foot traffic and increase the, I guess, the thought of, well, it's not a really a big deal to walk to this amazing park because we're going to all walk all around it, and then we'll go grab a drink here and maybe get dinner. Um, what I want to piggyback onto that for you, there have been social districts added to certain towns. Greensboro's got one open. Now. Sure. Winston-Salem. Several just right? did one. Several. Who did? Oxford. Oxford did one. Mm-hmm. Oxford's got like six buildings, right? I Oxford mean, is progressive. So what are the chances, or or is this being looked at, um, for something like that to come to carry? Now, we know there's always going to be people who have an issue with it. They're uncomfortable. Blah, sure. Blah, blah. But there's obviously a, a reason these these places are doing it, right? They want to create more of that foot traffic, that synergy, that that community feel where it is just a walkable that that quote walkable downtown right what would need to happen to make something like that happen so what i would say is that so we've there been discussions about it and looking at it um i would say i'm at a place i would describe myself as agnostic about it right now um i don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing it's a new thing for uh north carolina um and knowing that carrie in our downtown we're we're in the growing phase of that um i think it's okay to see how it worked (laughs) collect let some other communities establish some data for us so that you can get some best practices on how it actually is working to then begin to make those right steps to be able to see if it's worth like even if it is doing, then where would you do it, and what makes the most sense? Oh, wait, and so, I've already mapped it all out. Yeah, we've got a, but, we've got a plan. <laughs> just to clarify, what do I mean by social dist- districts? Sure. Um, there are certain streets at certain times that allow you to take, like you said, pharmacy. Back in the day, right? You guys had to change some things, some ordinances or whatever, to to allow people to have a beer outside on the sidewalk, right? Um, and this would increase that to walkability from one establishment to another within that zone right so just in case people are like sure yeah, yeah that's good to, right um but yeah wayne and i already have it mapped out for you so we just need need that rubber stamp <laughs> yeah we'll be uh, going. we'll be presenting it to the council at the public speeds out <laughs> at the next meeting no seriously um our intention is not to turn this into Vegas or Bourbon Street, <laughs> right? And I and and that's and I where think I think that's what people fear. And right, and that's and that's the point of of mine is saying, um, it's a new thing in North Carolina, and people are beginning to implement it, and so it's helpful to see it. I, this is one where I don't know. I mean, just just personally, I don't know where being an early adopter is. Like how how is it advantageous or non advantageous to it? I don't know just because it's new and I don't know how to test it. At the same time, I know exactly what you just said. I do have experience of being in Mardi Gras, and that is not necessarily a place that I ever want to go again. But it is. But it. Well, and, you and don't want what we're talking about. To be that. And this is and not what not we're intention. talking about here. But it is. It is thinking through that in the right way. So that's what I'm saying. Agnostic meaning I don't know whether it's a good thing or bad thing. But I want to determine that because I've I've learned to um, and again everything is 
a lot of the focus in the early parts of, of downtown for me has been on food and beverage more so than soft goods retail in the beginning, mainly because everybody at least eats or drinks three times a day, you know, as opposed to, do I need to go into that shop? It's not, we, we want that to happen. We want that to be, and that's really kind of a next layer to things, but you've got to have those compelling reasons to kind of come. And so it's seeing how all of that begins to play out. And, and really it's the right balance, making sure that we continue to have enough food with the beverage and, and balancing those pieces. That's going to be a good place to go ahead and stop for this week. This is part one of our two-part interview with Ted Boyd. The first part, we really focused on downtown and the growth and, of course, economic development. Next week, you'll hear a little bit more about uh, stuff outside of downtown and how everything works all together. So thank you again for listening. For Wayne Holt, this is Adam Eshball. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Carry Live Work Play. For Adam Eshbaugh and Wayne Holt, I'm Mike Maniscalco. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>